What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode six of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my tag team partner, Nick Veronica. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm good. I have no fever, no respiratory uh, illnesses to speak of. I'm self-quarantining in Buffalo. Not sick. I'm hanging in there. How about you? You know what I heard is a great cure for a fever if you get one? What's that? More cowbell. <laughs> I was waiting for him. Like, he's not going to say that right now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I went there. I went there. You went there. All right, man. You know, I've been in my house for three days. And I haven't really left. Not necessarily self, uh, uh, you know, quarantining myself. But I'm not going to lie. I don't really want to go anywhere and touch things and deal with other filthy humans. So I've kind of stayed in my house the last couple of days. So I've had a lot of time to think about that uh, that comeback. So it's been brewing in my head for, for about a good three And days. that was the best you could do. <laughs> best I could do so far. So All far. right. Um, yeah, I mean, people have been buried in their homes, you know, staying away from, from the coronavirus here. I, well, you know, you ever hear sewer roll babies? Wait till you hear about see all the corona babies that pop out. Hey, you know what they're going to be called in 13 years? What's that? They're going to be the quarantines. <laughs> <laughs> you did just have a long drive uh, from Connecticut to think of that one, so, so I'll, I'll give you some credit on that. Well, listen, all you people out there, you should not go to the bars. You should stay home and mix up a quarantini. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm done. So, I'm done. Fun. We're talking back to sports now. No more jokes. So, you know, since there's no sports on Nick, um, you know, I was thinking it would be pretty cool to do a... Just quick draft, quick like maybe two, three games. Um, what games you would love to see on TV now? Like it could be any game, any sport from mm, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I would um, yeah. We are definitely missing our our live sports uh, on TV here. If they were telling me they were gonna put a game on, I would definitely watch the 2007 Fiesta Bowl between Boise State and Oklahoma. That game was I watched it live. Just so, so many ups and downs. You thought something was going to happen. You thought Oklahoma was going to win. No way Boise State can come back. Trick play, like going for two. Loved every second of it. Do you know what former Buffalo Bill played on that team? Um, yes, uh, I do. Schumann, right? The tight end? Schumann, that yeah. Derek, Derek Schumann. I'll tell you, I know this because... We are Facebook friends, and he still posts updates about Boise State football all the time. How are you Facebook friends <laughs> was, with Derek Schumann? This was back in the day before Facebook was, was where grandparents hung out. This was He just added people, and they might just add you back. You never knew. Was this before the days that couples had joint Facebook accounts? Uh, I hope. Mm. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know when they really started, to be honest, but... I don't know. I think a couple of like you, you used to be able to find more people. I feel like now there's probably like, you know, the secret Facebook for all the, the rich, famous people. But I think Arthur Motes was friends with a lot of people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was friends with Arthur Motes at one time. I was yeah all about it. Um, so real quick on uh, Derek Schumann, he had three receptions for 19 yards as an H back. Uh, his rookie season before he suffered a sprained ankle against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and then he started 14 games in 2008 and 2009 before being <laughs> placed on IR in early 2009. 
I love that you uh, are looking this up like on the spot for me. This is great. Hey man, someone's got to give you some some data here. You're not you're not old, you're not the only data guy on this podcast. Can't be Facebook friends with everybody. That's right. That's right. Um, he was cut by Buffalo right before the season started in 2010, and picked up by the Rams later on that year. Um, don't, I don't have any stats for him for the Rams, but then he was cut and picked up by the Redskins and released by the Redskins for the start of the 2011 season. That's the last time he played in the NFL. He is currently 35 years old. Uh, much love to Derek Schumann and his family. So I'm going to top your game. I'm going to go with another college game. Bring it um, on. I am going with the 2009 um, Big East uh, uh, pl- uh, playoff game with... Are you going basketball on me here? Syracuse. I'm going basketball. I'm going Syracuse and UConn. The six OT. Yeah, that's a good, great pick. That was a great game. I don't know if you saw any of that game. I remember I was in, I was a freshman in college, and I'm watching the game, and I remember I'm like, ah, you know, I, I had a really big test the next day, like <laughs> really big test, and uh, I was going to bed early, and the game was on, and at one point Syracuse was out of it. I'm like, ah, they're not gonna win. I'm just gonna go to bed. So I come back and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking on my phone, and I see Syracuse still. I'm like. What the heck's going on here? So I, I, I run back uh, downstairs, turn the TV on, and I'm watching the game. At this point, it's like midnight. And my parents are sleeping upstairs. I'm downstairs. I'm trying not to yell. I'm, I'm, for those who don't know, I'm a big Syracuse basketball fan. Love Syracuse basketball. Jerry McNamara was my guy back in the day. <laughs> so, you know, Carmelo Anthony was one of my favorite players of all time. Um, but... Syracuse, you know, starts coming back, and every time you think they're out of it in the overtime, they come back. The third overtime, I remember specifically, Andy Routens comes down the court, hits a huge three with like five seconds left to tie the game to send to a fourth overtime, and UConn had a clean look to try to win it, and still, and they had two clean looks if I remember correctly within that five seconds, okay, and could not close the game out. Goes to four overtimes. Long story short, Syracuse went to the six OTs. Probably one of the best college basketball games I've ever watched. All right, it's a good, really good pick, man. All right, but, uh, I guess I guess what would be your second? Let's, what would be my second. Oh, all right, I get a yeah. new pick here. All right, I would say if we're just picking off anything here, um, it is funny that we're a Buffalo podcast, and both of our first thought was like, "Oh, this other really cool game that's totally not Buffalo related." Um, if there was a way, probably because we haven't won any championships, but if there was a way <laughs> they could go back and get the 1964 and 65 AFL championships that the Bills won, uh, I think that would be interesting to see at least just because it's it's Buffalo history that we haven't really gotten to watch ever. And like you, you can go on Football Reference and see, oh, it's scroll down. Oh, hey, Buffalo did win this championship like, you know, 50 years ago. Um, I think actually seeing it might be kind of neat. The footage probably sucks, but it would be cool to see. Yeah, I mean, seeing them win any championship at this point would be great. Um, they have obviously been bad <laughs> for a long time, and I, you know the Bills are finally turning things around. Hopefully the Sabres are, are to follow soon. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see them win any, win any championship, any major sports championship would be great. So if that's what it takes, let's do it. Um, I'm going to top you again. And I don't okay. know how many, I, yeah, you know, again, um, I don't know how many people are going to, 
uh, agree with me on this, but I'm going with the scary good game to send Buffalo to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2000, I believe it was 2006. 2006 or I wasn't going to guess seven, but yeah, that, that's a great pick. I've been topped again, I'll admit. Dude, that was, I remember that game like it was yesterday. I, um, I, where was I, man? I was living in Florida, hanging out with some buddies of mine, and and one of them was a big, big hockey fan, the other one wasn't, and they, you know, they're like, oh, let's, we'll, we'll put the hockey game on, sure, it went out of time. And, uh, and we're watching it, watching it, watching it. And Buffalo goes to overtime, and I remember, like, there's no way. Like, this team's too young. They're not going to do anything. And Pominville, I believe that was his rookie year in 2006. And for him to come in and score that big of a goal at that point, to send Buffalo to the Eastern Conference Finals to play either Carolina or New Jersey. I remember remember that call (laughs) like it was yesterday. Um, Man, probably... In my opinion, in all the great Rick Generate calls, at least maybe for our generation, I think that is probably the greatest call that Rick Generate Rick Generate has ever made. These guys are good, scary good. Yep, that was repeated so many times on all the highlights, all the promotional stuff. That was uh, definitely an iconic moment. Did you have a scary good T-shirt? Did no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I was not a state guy, so I, you know, I bought into all that cheesy stuff. <laughs> so I was all about it. Yeah. All right, I got one idea that might top your idea. I would like to see the Buffalo Bills comeback game with Frank Reich against the Oilers. Have you watched the whole thing before? I don't think start to finish. Like, like I've seen okay. the, I've definitely seen the highlights of it, but I think just watching it and f- actually feeling your team down thirty-five to three. And then seeing like how quickly they came back, like it was unbelievable. Just the blitz they had, touchdown, touchdown, touch. Like seeing that live after like twenty eight three for the Patriots was like this incredible comeback. And the Bills game was better. I would like to see. I'm going to touch on that one. I'd like to see that game, but I'd like to see it without knowing how it ends. Like I, I want to go in blind and pretend, you know. I want to go that far back and not know how that game ends and watch that game and be as into it as if I was watching it, you know, as a watching it live if I could. You know what I mean? I mean, someone had to erase my memory at that point for me to do that, but unfortunately we all, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, fortunately for us, we all know how it ends and it's great, but... I would love just to be in the moment. Like, I know my dad was at that game, and I knew, like, my uncle at one point wanted to, like, leave. <laughs> and my dad's like, it's our last game of the year, you know, at this point. You can't leave. And they ended up sticking around. You know, you hear stories of people hopping the fences for that game. That's a good That's a good pick, man. That's a good pick. You know, my honorable mention real quick, and then we'll move on, would be probably the entire U.S. hockey team's 1980 um, gold medal run. Like, I want to see from, like, Game one to the gold medal game. Love it. I think, like, hockey fans, you kind of get in this rhythm during the playoffs. They're like, there's games on every single night for the first, like, two or three weeks, right? And, like, you just kind of, you're like, you come home, all right, there's hockey on. Then there's the West Coast game. It's like, you get in that rhythm, Mm -hmm. and, like, we're going to miss that this year. I think if they were able, 
I mean, you, you said the USA games. I would like to see every game from that tournament if they could, if they have enough space to fill, just coming home. Like, if that was your thing every night, I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, they don't have much of anything else to show. So, I mean, that would be pretty cool to see if they could they could just start at, uh, you know, the whole 1980 hockey tournament would be awesome. Um, you said real quick, we were talking about playoffs. We mm-hmm. were talking about, you know, fans missing the playoffs this year. Did you see the new playoff format they're looking at? Uh, you're talking about for this hockey season? Yeah, ju- just for this season because it's on suspension and when they come back, um, things are going to kind of change a little bit. Yeah, I haven't. Did, have, have you seen it? Um, I didn't didn't like click into the story about it, but I think anything that they propose at this point has been so quickly out of date. Uh, I don't know if anything that we're talking about now could actually happen or not. So I'm going to quote what Elliot Freeman said on uh, Sportsnet 5, uh, 590. Okay. I believe that's up in Canada. Yeah. But uh, what he said was, League officials are recognizing how unique the season is and willing to consider unique playoff formats. It is believed that what has been suggested is to allow 24 teams into the postseason this year. 24? Of the tradi- 24. Instead of the traditional 16. Instead of each series being a best of seven... They would be best of three with the top four seeds in each conference receiving a first-round bye. What are your thoughts on that? Like, if if they do that, I think Um, that's... I mean, without looking, does that put the Sabres near the playoffs? um, Depends on how they do it, right? So they do it um, by division and take the top 16 from each division. Buffalo's in um, because they have... They're in sixth place in their division right now. Um, if they go by conference, like what it looks like they do here, they would miss by three points behind Montreal, and Montreal also has two games in hand. Or Buffalo has two games in hand. So Montreal's played 71 games, Buffalo's played 69 games, and they were supposed to play each other the day the league got canceled. I wonder if they pass them on points percentage there? I don't know, but listen, I, don't know. Listen, I think any, any setup... Because the Sabres anywhere near the playoffs this year is bad. The Sabres should not be in competition for the Stanley Cup. So let's say, let's just say by some miracle, they let the Sabres get in. Right? The Sabres get in. Do you count this? <laughs> Don't kill me. Do you count this as the end of the drought? <laughs> um, I mean, my immediate reaction is to be like, you have to be kidding, no. But if somehow. They went all the way and they like won the whole thing. You would absolutely be like, "Oh my gosh, this totally counts. This is ours. This is our cup." Like, um, I mean, they, they'd I all know. be coming back healthy. You know, I mean, at that point, they're having how many weeks to recover? You know, it sounds like from what the CDC said today, they might have up to eight weeks to, to recover. Yeah, I mean, you this know? is this is like literally like two months away from if it even happens. I'm sure a lot of things will change before then. I can't see them putting something in place where a team like the Sabres gets a shot at this even. The only way I can see it somewhat happening, like if they allow, not allow, because you know, Buffalo's earned their position wherever they are in the standings, um, but I can see them trying to find a way to get Buffalo in is because of how good their rankings are year in, year out. For the TV ratings, yeah. Yes. I mean, they're one of the best in the league every single year. But with all that said, Nick, the NFL has had a lot happen this week. 
correct me if I'm wrong, you're the research guy, so I'm going to uh, kind of come to you on this. The season officially starts tomorrow, correct? Um, I know I, franchise I, tags are all due tomorrow. Yeah, I, I thought it was Wednesday, to be honest with you, but I, I haven't okay. looked. I know. I, I, I mean, I when, know whenever back. Our, our listeners out there, whenever they hear this, it could be the season. So, yeah, let's just go with it. Let's say right. the season has now started. I know they've been pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. Like, it was supposed to... Uh, franchise tag was supposed to be Thursday of last week, and that got moved to Monday. And now I, I believe it's still still the same for Monday, and then they have another couple of days, I think, before the season starts because you have your tampering period on Tuesday. So that would, that would kind of make sense. Um, legal tampering. I'm sure there's no illegal tampering going on whatsoever in that league. Um, but, I, I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on kind of what's happened? Um, we had a few players get franchise tagged this week. We had a trade today. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, um, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville made a trade. A fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell to go to Baltimore. Dude, Calais Campbell in that defense, in that defensive scheme in Baltimore is going to be scary. Yeah. Um, geez, I don't know how – I don't know what Jacksonville's plan is, first of all. And then if you're Baltimore, it's like how can you – even if you don't need him, you're like how can you pass up Campbell for, for almost nothing, a fifth-round pick? It's like, oh, I mean – I'm, uh, you know, I don't really need this thing at the grocery store, but it's, man, it's such a good sale. You know, I'm sure I'm going to use it at some point. Like, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, and I wonder, is there, was there other teams out there that maybe offered him more, offered him less? I know he's been in the league for 12 years. I mean, but just, well, I, what, I don't know who would have offered him more because Jacksonville, like, what, what is, unless they're trying to, like, tank this year, like, what is your plan? You trade him in the conference to the top team who just got better, or the second top team, I should say. After Kansas well, let's City. be honest. They're overpaying for their starting quarterback right now, who couldn't stay on the field last season. You know, and, and you relied on a on a Gardner Minshew to kind of come in to be your starter. So right now, they're they're still overpaying on Nick Foles for a few more years. They just franchise tagged Yannick Ngakwe. I'm I'm I know they were in some cap trouble. This I I believe was kind of more of a look. We got to move for what we can. We got to free up some cap space. That just, I don't know. It's, they don't seem like they have much of a plan at this point. But um, I mean, it's I the Jaguars. Know. Have they ever really had a plan? I mean, Doug Marone is their plan right now. How was he not fired at the end of last season? Um, I don't know what to tell you on that one, man. I mean, I, I for one, I know I've said it before on our show, um, I, I, I hate the Jaguars so much. Maybe they'll get a new name when they move to London. Yeah, right. Right, the <laughs> London Knights. Um, I also forgot they also traded AJ Boye as well. I forgot that they uh, that they made that move last week to uh, trade him to Denver. Do you think they're tanking? Um, I don't think they're tanking. I think they're trying to free up some cap space right now to maybe be players in free agency a little bit. Um, you know, I think no matter how bad Jacksonville is, there's still a free agent spot because they are in Florida. And, and because they don't have that state tax like some states like New York do. Right, that's um, huge. So, so it does free things up for them a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, they, I, don't, I don't know they're necessarily tanking because 
I think at this point, Doug Marone's fighting for a job, right? Like, True. If they tank, he's not... Why, why would you want to keep a guy around who hasn't been doing well for you, keep him around, only then to tank? I, I don't see the need of it. That's true. You know, I will say, this so. this coming this season, uh, the new CBA just passed, and they are going to go to seven teams per conference in the playoffs. So in theory, it is now easier to make the playoffs. You don't need to be a top contender bunking up for this run. You could sort of play it well I guess with the Bills this would be a good season for the Bills in most years but for good teams you can sort of go a little bit slower see how the wild card's shaking out um, and seven teams from each conference are going to make the playoffs now with this new CBA and as soon as 2021 we could have a 17 game season how many uh, times I guess throughout the drought years would Buffalo have made it in if they were that seventh seed take a guess Charlie you tell me <laughs> oh man I'm <laughs> it's, it's a big fat zero Goose which egg. is incredible I, I looked this up the other day could not believe it if they added took another team in the playoffs every single year the Bills drought would have been just as long and probably even more embarrassing because like I couldn't believe it um, the closest they ever got I think was ninth in the conference like 17 years without going higher than ninth in the conference, and that was and that was two thousand, the very first year of the drought with uh, with Wade. They were eight and eight, and that was ninth. They were eight and eight, and they were tenth in two thousand two. Uh, two thousand four, they went nine and seven, and they were also ninth. Twenty fourteen, they were tenth at nine and seven, and then oh, I'm sorry, twenty fifteen, the first year with Tyrod and Rex, eight and eight was eighth in the conference. So I know you can, you can say, like, oh, well, you know, maybe they would have played it differently if, if the rules were different. Well, yeah, sure. But it's, I'm just, like, they went 17 years in a row, not even finishing better than eighth in their conference. Like, that's wild. What are your thoughts on the 17-game um, schedule? Um, as, a, as a fan of football, like, there is more football to watch. But I think you're asking from, like, the CBA perspective, I think the players... Um, they got some some good increases for them. The increases to the minimum salary are going to help a lot of players. Um, they get a bigger share of the pie from the owners. It goes up from forty seven percent of revenue to forty eight um, in twenty twenty one. But I think in in overall, the players probably could have gotten even more. I feel like they didn't seem to understand how massive an extra game is to the owners and I feel like they had a little bit more leverage on their side and they were presented a good deal that was hard for them to turn down especially because so many players who need the help got the help with the minimum salary and there's also some good stuff in there for former players Um, I felt like they probably could have done a little bit better but I mean for us we get an extra game of football this uh, still needs to be worked out, but I would imagine there's going to be another bye week in there. So we're going to have, I would, again, I would guess, two more weeks of the season. By the way, if you start the season in the same spot and you go two more weeks back, the Super Bowl would be the day before Martin Luther King Day. You could have vacation after that. It'd be great. Yeah, you know what, though? We just need to get to football season this year. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I wouldn't lie to you, or I'd be lying to you if I said that uh, I'm a little nervous that 
football season may even be pushed back a little bit. Well, I mean, we got plenty of time for that. The biggest thing is going to be the draft, I feel like, is going to be... I mean, well, honestly, they announced today, I heard a lot of rumors are moving out of Vegas, that they've already alerted the hotels and... And everyone I mean, like they, that, that they, they're, they're not going to have fans wherever they go. Like, but I yeah. almost feel like it could be like very cool old school, where it's just like teams are going to call in and do it. Just going to be broadcast from like a mysterious location. It'd be really cool, I think, if they could have every team like on Skype, right? So, you know, or, or something like that, where we have cameras on everything, so you can see them in the. I know we always see them in the war rooms as it is, but it'd be cool to see them kind of in the war room and then have like the GMs or whatever, have to announce the pick on the camera. I think that would be pretty cool to see at that point. I mean, if we're not going to do anything with with the fans, I think that would be a good way to interact with the fans. That would be cool, as long as they could set it up tech-wise. Tech like, the NFL's not going to, like, literally trust Skype to work. Like, I'm sure they would do, like, NFL Network would probably have, like, you know, the feed coming in from 30 different, 32 different places, but... Uh, I think yeah. Teams are gonna have to limit the amount of uh, people that they live in the war room too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's 50. also gonna be tough. Like, <laughs> they took so many scouts off the road. They took they canceled yeah. visits. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's look like the CDC put out the thing today, like eight weeks with no gatherings of more than fifty people, and you should probably be like self isolating during some or most of that time. Like, it's gonna be interesting just to see if teams even feel comfortable with their mm-hmm. analysis yeah you know it's gonna be a interesting like i said interesting couple of weeks here you know not just for sports but you know in the nation in general um you know kind of see what happens i hope everyone out there listening is washing their their damn hands um because that, that, that's pretty important um but at the same time I think we all just want sports back. I don't know how we're going to do as a country, excuse me, for eight weeks of no um, of no sports. We should take your advice we and make play, it play the Olympics, man. That would be cool to see on TV. Well, I have seen athletes have been live streaming themselves um, playing games. Like I know some of the NBA guys are like live streaming themselves playing 2K and uh, – and, and, and some of the NHL guys are live streaming themselves playing, playing NHL and, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I guess that's one way to keep you occupied at that point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like esports is going to be in, in a boom here if you can do it remotely. I did see one guy today so desperate for sports, he was curling with his Roomba. He was what? Curling. He was the, his Swiffer was his curling broom. And the Roomba was sliding across the ground, and he was, like, sweeping the floor like he was curling. Oh, wow. I give him the props, we do props for, for the, the ingenuity there. <laughs> the things we do when we don't have sports. Well, listen, there's going to be kids who get eSports scholarships because of the practice they got in during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong there. Absolutely. And uh, they're definitely getting a lot of practice. And there's also going to be a lot of, uh, I feel like, quarantined babies the quarantines um, man we talked about it that's right the quarantines <laughs> they're, they're all they're all coming anyway let's get back to football man um hey let, let me ask you some, let me ask you the playoff yeah. the playoff structure there's got it's the same division winners and then they're going to add an extra wild card and only the one seed is going to have a buy now do you like that right. does that like the, the two seed is still pretty good like they they're getting screwed with taking away a buy from them like what how do you feel about I mean, the actual setup <laughs> 
Because I could see Buffalo possibly being a two seed this year, I don't see them being a one seed. I don't see them, <laughs> you know, possibly getting past like a, a Kansas City or, or or a Baltimore for that one seed. Um, spoken like, like a, spoken I, like the founder of Why Not Us Industries as you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you don't have a business card, we, we do it all. <laughs> but um, I could see them getting that two seed. Especially with the down year with New England, right? I, I don't think if Brady does not come back, which we'll talk about some of that a little bit later, um, if Brady does not come back, is New England as good as what they've been? I don't think so, um, and I think that sets Buffalo up perfectly at that point to go and and make a run at the division. And it all depends on how, obviously how their schedule plays out and what they have to face uh, this season coming up. You know, I don't know if their schedule is going to be a cakewalk. Like parts of last year's schedule was, but they they definitely have the opportunity to be one of the the, the top fours this year, you know, and, and being a a uh, a conference or a, a division winner, you know, winning the AFC East for sure. Um, but I could see this year being the year they get the two and they don't get the bye week, and I would not be happy. Hmm. Um, the only thing though that that really would have changed if if they went to the seven team uh, uh, playoff structure this past season. Buffalo still would have played in Houston, and um, nothing really would have changed there. The only thing that would have changed is Kansas City would have had to play Pittsburgh in the first round instead of getting a yeah instead of getting a bye, which would have been interesting. I, th- I would not have minded seeing that game. I think Pittsburgh's defense was pretty good this past season. Um, I wouldn't have minded to see what they could do with uh, against Kansas City. I think that would have been, would have been a fun game to watch, especially for a first-round game. Yeah, it's weird looking at it, though. Like, Baltimore was really good last year, and unless somebody figures out how to stop how to stop Lamar, it's going to be, it looks like it could be a lot more Baltimore leading the North again. you got to put Kansas City on top of the West. And Tennessee just re-signed, uh, re-signed Tannehill. Like, they're looking like they're bolstering up for a run. So the Bills, the division could be as open as, as it has been in, in decades, honestly, but I feel like there are at least three teams solidly ahead of them in the AFC for seeding, and then you still got to worry about New England. Yeah, but again, I, I don't know how good New England's going to be this year. Um, it's all going to depend on what Brady does. Yeah. I don't want to say... Williams going to be bad, but it all, all depends on what Brady does and where he goes and where he ends up. Let's um, let's talk about that because everybody was trying to link him to Tennessee after the the FaceTime call with Edelman at the Syracuse game, and Tennessee just resigned their quarterback. I I was like sort of thinking he would try to go out to San Francisco because he's 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 a California guy. Um, he's got he's got a, a coach out there in Shanahan that he is friendly with. That would have been so interesting to me if the 49ers took Brady and then cut, like got rid of Garoppolo because they could get out from that contract pretty easy this year. And then Garoppolo went back to New England. But um, I saw NBC Sports with Chris Sims reported today that San Francisco is not interested in Brady. So I have a long shot for you where he might end up. Tell me. And I think he's, I think he's going to stay in the AFC East. And I think he might end up in Miami. Wow. I have not considered that option yet. The only reason I say that is because obviously Miami's got, you know, his former defensive coordinator down there. He's familiar with Tom Brady. Um, I think that New England or uh, Miami's a young enough team for him to be able to go in and kind of be like, 
here's how I want to run things. I want to do this, this, and this. And at this point of his career, he's looked at as a mentor. And I think whatever young quarterback Miami goes out and gets in the draft, they're going to want that mentor back to um, to help Brady out or to help to help uh, that young quarterback out. And what better quarterback to learn behind for a year or two than Tom Brady, especially if they go and draft a guy like Tua? You know, Tua's, yes, Tua's good to go, so they say his, his, his physicals have all checked out. But if you could sit him a year behind a guy like Tom Brady and let him learn behind Brady... I don't think that's a bad way to go. And Miami's got the money to spend. I I don't think Miami's ready to win now, though. I feel like wherever Brady goes, they got to be pretty close to a Super Bowl contender. I would think so, but everywhere Brady's gone, I mean, everywhere Brady's gone, he's played for one team, but every year Brady has played, they've been considered a Super Bowl contender. And there, And there's been multiple years where he's had no team around him, and he's been able to go out and... Turn that team into a Super Bowl contending team. You know, and, and I think... With Belichick. Miami still has some pieces. Yeah, right, yes, with Belichick. But I think Miami still has some pieces on that offense that could, you know, attract. And plus, you're bringing in a guy like Tom Brady, you're going to be able to bring in other free agents because guess what? You just signed the probably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. I, he- I, don't I hear you, but like... Another day. The free, like, it takes time for that to gel and everyone to learn the offense. Like, I don't know if, like, a team of current NFL free agents being assembled on a team that's not that good to start with is going to have a likelihood of, of winning immediately. Let me ask you this question. Who would you rather have your rookie quarterback learning behind? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tom Brady? I mean, obviously Tom Brady, but I don't know <laughs> how much Tom Brady really wants to mentor somebody. I think he wants yeah. to. Like, I'm, I'm like low key worried that he's going to stay in New England and they're going to somehow get Tua and sit him for a year and then just bridge it like that. There's no way, I, unless New England trades I, up, up. I, I feel like Tua might not even get past Washington. I think. Uh, um, Washington might even be looking for a quick replacement to to Haskins. Already, I think so. I th- I think they'd pass on Chase Young for a guy like Tua if they could. I don't forget, Ron Rivera's in there now. It's a new head coach, new system. You know, uh, Haskins is not Ron Rivera's guy. We, look, we've seen this happen how many times in Buffalo, man? We we th- they go out, they draft the quarterback. We see one quarterback play. Coach gets fired. New coach comes in. That quarterback's gone. I hear you. New guy comes in. You know, very very similar. And from what I've heard, um, Haskins had a lot of struggles last year. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if Tua doesn't make it past uh, Washington. All right, I've heard I've heard Brady linked to the Chargers possibly. I've heard him linked to Oakland with John Gruden possibly. I thought the sleeper you're going to tell me that I've heard mentioned here and there is Tampa Bay because of the weapons they have on offense. Tampa is also, you know, I, I did forget about Tampa, yes. I, like I said, I have my mind really set on Miami for, for that reason because he's got familiarity with the coach there. Um, but Tampa's another one too. I like Bruce Arians. He is the quarterback whisperer for most part. I mean... Look, as bad as Jameis was this year, as many interceptions as he threw, he still threw 30 touchdowns and led the league in passing. 
which how <laughs> a quarterback can lead the league in passing and throw 30 touchdowns, you know, whatever. Um, but I, Miami's not a bad place for or I'm sorry, Tampa's not a bad place for him. It's just going to be a matter of what are they doing with Jameis. He still hasn't been resigned, so there's a good possibility he can be going to test the market as well. Um, and, and, and again, who wouldn't want to go to Florida? Who wouldn't want to go from New England down to Florida? But I, I have heard L.A. and I have heard Oakland. I've heard, well, excuse me, Vegas. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry I misspoke there. I have heard Vegas for a while now. Um, but I, I also heard the other day on NFL Network that they are not looking to get rid of Derek Carr, and they're paying Derek Carr a lot of money. That's a mistake to me, though. I don't think Carr's that good. No, I think they, they paid Carr for one season, and um, and that was that. You know, They said, oh, you had one great year. We want to keep you around. They thought he was a franchise guy. I think he's just maybe a step up from his brother. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be an uh, uh, interesting uh, offseason, especially with Brady, um, and seeing what Brady's going to do. Yeah. But, um, so let's talk some Bills, man. You know, we've been talking to every other team in the league. Let's talk some Bills real quick. Um, re-signed Quentin Spain the other day. Thoughts? Thoughts is he could be a viable option at guard on, on the left side over there. I think if – I don't know how it's going to work in free agency. I don't – I wouldn't be mad if they brought someone in to compete for that job. I don't think it's just his automatically. No, you know what, though? I, I think he's done enough. I think Bradley Gelber and I were going back and forth on Twitter the other day. All good things. Um, and we were discussing them possibly bringing him back um, and what that would mean for Cody Ford if they didn't bring him back. And I know one thing he mentioned was Buffalo moving Cody Ford from tackle to guard and going out and either drafting the tackle in the first round or going and signing someone in free agency, whatever it might be. Um, I personally... You know, I don't – Cody Ford has, an up, has his ups and downs this year tackle, understandable. I thought one thing I noticed with Cody Ford was he did a lot better when he was rotating with Ty Nasecki. When he wasn't playing a full game at tackle and he was able to rotate in and out with someone else, he had a much better game. Um, and I feel like if you can work him in and out with Quentin Spain as needed or put him on the other side, whatever you need to do um, – I think if you can take him off that tackle position, that's fine. But I don't see him as being a starter on that line this year. Cody Ford, that is. I see. I think Spain's job is one. I think he did enough last year to in his prove it year. Buffalo went out. They gave him a prove it contract. He proved it. He didn't allow one sack all season. That 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 says a lot for a young quarterback who your main job is to keep him as healthy as possible. So, well, I'll be more curious to see now what that means for Cody Ford now that yeah, definitely. Um, Quentin Spain's back. I think they would like, they still want Ford to be a tackle. I think that they're probably going to give him another chance to, to do that this year. But if they go out and there's a big tackle on the market who wants to come to Buffalo, I don't think they should, that should stop them from, from going after the guy and moving Ford inside. 
I think if there's somebody, a big way to improve the line, I, I think you go and you spend it. Because especially down the stretch, especially in the playoff game, line was an issue. Yeah. I'm going to name you real quick. Here's the top tackles that are available right now according to NFL.com. Okay. Brian Beluga, Jack Conklin, uh, DeMar Dotson, Cordy Glenn, Jason Peters, Rick Wagner, and Andrew Whitworth. Any of those sound like guys you want to put on on the opposite side there of uh, Deion Dawkins' a tackle? Hmm. Um, Conklin is interesting from the name. I don't know if I'm sold on the money. Beluga? I'm interested there. If he if he wants to talk, if the money's right, I, I could be sold on that one. So he is 30 years old in his 11th year, so you're definitely getting some experience out of him. And he played every game last season and started twelve of them. Okay. So he his, his the he had two seasons that he played under ten games, and that was two thousand twelve. But he started all nine of the games, and uh, two thousand seventeen, um, he started all of those. I'm sorry, I was looking at two thousand ten stats. He uh, he did start every game last season. He started all 16 games last season. Yeah, he's had some trouble staying healthy in his career, but last season was good for him. So if there's if there's interest there, I would um, I'd be interested in seeing where it went. I I like him as well. Um, it adds a veteran into that offensive line. Um, you know that I think they could definitely use. Um, I'll be curious to see what, what he could bring. I really like Jack Conklin as well, but like you said, the money kind of scares me. I don't know if I want to pay him $18 million a year. Yeah. You know who else is out there? Cordy Glenn. Yeah, he could stay out there. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. We don't have to bring yeah. him back. Um, but, I mean, even even looking at guards and centers, I mean, Daryl Williams, Joe Tunney, uh, Ronald Dearly and, and, and Graham Glasgow are like really your only guards – you know, big name guards that are out there. None of them really strike me as someone that I, I I'd really jump off a table to bring in either. May, maybe maybe Glasgow maybe. Um, I mean, they gave again, they gave Mitch Morris a lot of money. Center. You're not looking for much on him, right? Right. So I'm not looking to move away from him. Maybe my big concern with Mitch Morris again this year because he had he had some issues last year again with concussions. Do you do you maybe go out and draft the guy maybe early on in in in, in, in or later on in day two um, of the draft to maybe come in and and sit behind him for a year or two just in case. But I, I do think they need to do something at the center at some point this year um, because you do have that worry with 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 Mitch Morris with his concussions. He had one last year. He almost missed the start start of the season last year, um, and a few other injuries sprinkled in throughout the year as well last year. Luckily, with the training facility that Buffalo has and, and how good their training staff has been the last couple of years, they've been able to keep him healthy for the most part you know, and get him back on the field fairly quickly. But I feel like if you're going into a season without him again this year, um, I don't really know if you have enough depth to back him up at center that I would feel comfortable. Yeah, I agree with that. I hear what you're saying. Talk to me about wide receivers, man. I know it's a popular target for Bills and some of the mock drafts, but anybody on the free agent market uh, pique your interest there? I know from past podcasts you're you're an AJ Green believer, but um, some interesting names out there. Yeah, you know what? I like AJ Green. 
Um, you know, obviously he's a borderline Hall of Fame guy, um, but he does still have some some high uh, high high level uh, playing in him. Man, he he can still come out and and play at that high level for maybe a couple more years. Um, I like him a lot uh, as far as wide receivers go. I would like as much as possible to stay away from Amari Cooper. Um, really? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on Amari. He, too many drops. He scared me um, the last few years. You know, watching him play, I've had him on my fantasy team a couple of times, and just too many drops to for for me to feel comfortable um, having him as my number one receiver. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, but th- there's there's a lot lot of uh, receivers out there. Truthfully, I would like to see them go and address receiver in the draft that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, may- maybe it's a deep receiver draft. I think at some point, oh yeah, you know they need to take a receiver either in the first round or or early on in the second round if they can trade back up in the second round. What I'm more worried about them doing in free agency is going out and getting a defensive end. I think they need need to go get another edge guy. I keep seeing Shaq Lawson is posting stuff of him in Bill's uniforms all over his social media. I don't know if they're working on something to bring him back. Um, but if he's not, not tagged by tomorrow, he's a free agent. Um, and you're also losing a, um, a linebacker with, with Lorenzo Alexander retiring and letting go of Jordan um, um, Nick, help me out. Who am I thinking of? It's late. I can't think today. Uh, what position are you thinking of? Jordan Phillips. Phillips, yes. You're letting go of Jordan Phillips. Um, on I the kept thinking of Poyer. I'm, well. I'm like, there's no way he's, he's trying to think of Poyer. No, but I will tell you my thoughts on that as well. Um, maybe on another podcast. But um, Jordan Phillips, you're losing Jordan Phillips as well. You need to bring in uh, uh, another guy on that defensive line. You are getting Harrison Phillips back. So I think that's a big boost as well. I thought he was playing very good last year before he got hurt. Um, so I'll be curious to see what he can do again if he can stay healthy. But I'm looking at their edge rushers or the edge rushers that are, are available um, in free agency right now. Obviously, I think Robert Quinn would be a good addition. Um, if they're willing to shell out the money, I think Jadavian Clowney wouldn't be bad. I know sometimes he doesn't, uh, the hype doesn't match the player at times. Um, but I think he's shown that he can be a disruptor. Um, and I think my favorite one on that entire list, if they can go out and get him, maybe more for a linebacker position, but I would love to see them um, go out and get uh, Shaquille Barrett. Yeah, some of these guys I think are going to be locked up by their teams once the deadline spurs a little bit of action here. I think... The Cowboys are going to do whatever it takes to keep Cooper, even if they have to franchise tag him. Um, yeah, but are they going to franchise Cooper over Dak? Well, they got to get a deal done with somebody, but I, I don't think they want to let either of them even touch touch the market. So if Cooper somehow did become available, I think his he's one of the like the most proven guy in his in his prime who would be out there. And AJ Green is is proven, obviously, but he's sort of past his prime. Um, but I, you know I, I don't think it's going to get to that point anyway. You know what other position I feel like you know we're kind of neglecting, and I know it's it's important, but not not the main focus, right? About backup quarterback. Yeah, I was uh, the well, Buffalo News did their like free agency 
GM for a day, and then they, at the yeah. end they did like what their projected depth chart was, like looking through it. And I was like, man, think think whatever you want about Josh Allen, but everybody knows what he's not. And then Matt Barkley, I'm like, man, like that's not that impressive of a quarterback room. And like honestly, especially when you start thinking about going toward a longer season. Like, guys get hurt playing football all the time. You probably need your backup quarterback at some point during the season. Like, do you really trust Matt Barkley to, like, win you two or three games if Josh Allen gets gets banged up? No, and, and that brings me to what I was about to say. There's a pretty decent quarterback list out. Um, the one quarterback that really jumps off the page to me that I wouldn't mind seeing in a backup role if he gets there, I think it, he, he would have to be a later free agent signing because um, we would have to see what really really what that quarterback group is doing. Um, but it's Case Keenum, man. Uh, that Case was, Keenum, you know. Uh, literally, that's what I was going to say, too. Yep. He, he's a good backup that, if anything, he can come in and win you games. He's shown that he can win games. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see what, uh, what they decide to do there. Um, I don't want to overpay for him. Obviously, he's going to be my backup quarterback. I don't want to overpay for him if they don't need to. Um, but I'll, again, I'll be curious to see where, where the, what direction they decide to go there. Whether it's keeping Matt Barkley around and maybe adding a, a, another quarterback in the draft. Obviously, they have Davis Webb on the practice squad, but I don't see Davis Webb coming in and being their backup quarterback next season. Um, you know, I, I just he's not someone that I would want to put into a game if Josh Allen gets hurt. Um, but even if, if, now this is a long shot if, because he has not announced his retirement yet either, 40-year-old Josh McCown. Josh McCown. What a name. Um, He's another one, Yeah, I don't know. He's seen, like, if you want, like, a real veteran guy, and the Bills, they sort of had that with uh, Derek Anderson a couple years ago. Yeah, but, but... Look how much better Josh played when he came back from injury, and a lot of that he credited to having Derek Anderson there in that room. That's true. Like, I feel in some ways that they, like, the Bills are all in with Josh Allen, whether you like him or not. Like, like they've hitched their wagons to him. And I feel like a guy like Case Keenum, not that he threatens Josh Allen's job, but I almost feel like they don't even want to bring in someone who could be a threat like they just want it to be Josh's job period and they just want him to feel comfortable with that do you see McCown as a threat for Josh no no no, no. but like Keenum okay, I'm okay. saying like, like I'm Keenum say. has like had a really good year with the Vikings before like he's had right. enough success where like if he had a good camp you could hear whisper like nobody's gonna say like oh, guys they should they should start Josh McCown no I, I think I think uh, you know McCown's just another guy you bring into help your young quarterback continue to grow, continue to take steps forward, which is very important, especially going into year three. Take those steps forward and um, gives him another veteran guy to sit behind him. That, that truthfully, if he goes down, he's another veteran guy that can come in and still play the game. You know, McCown hasn't been, granted he only uh, uh, played in a couple games last year in Philly. He did come in in a supporting role in their playoff game. Um, but he's a guy that I, I would not, not mind seeing thrusted into a situation for, 
for for uh, for Buffalo if needed. All right, man. It's going to be interesting. The league year opens this week. Um, before we get out of here, man, give me. I'm going to nail you down for a, a pick. Where does Tom Brady end up? You know, like I said, my my surprise pick for everyone is going to be um, Miami, but. You know, you did mention Tampa, and I, I do like the idea of him going to Tampa. I think that that situation is just too good for him to pass up, too good of a coach, great wide receivers in, uh, in, in, in Godwin and, uh, and Evans down there. Um, so I don't, I, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see him down, down in Tampa. What do you think? I think the Chargers and the Raiders are interesting because they both could use some, you know, the celebrity status. Uh, with some some new moves with the the Raiders going to Vegas and the Chargers going to the new stadium, um, I might have to be lame here. Like I still think returning to New England is the most likely scenario. I think he is um, almost putting or exerting whatever leverage he has on basically on Bill Belichick to be like, you need to give me more weapons. You need to make this more attractive for me. But I think um, especially if any like coronavirus like continues to impact football and and they have fewer off-season practices or whatever and fewer time to learn a new offense like the the continuity there and the trust uh between Brady and Belichick is hugely important to their success so I'm gonna pick New England okay I you know I'm, I'm hoping you're wrong man I don't want to see him back in New England yeah but like w- said, wouldn't I it think... be so much better to beat the Patriots like to win the division with Brady still here and not be like oh he finally retired it's like you actually beat him in person even if he's forty Nick, at this point I don't care old. how they do it just win the division man I <laughs> yeah. don't care how it's done I don't care if Brady's an eighty year old man playing quarterback and that's what it takes for them to beat him and he's in a wheelchair I don't care just win the division man that's all it takes that's all I care about. Just win, baby. Just win. Just win. All right, well. Hey, why not us? Why not us? All right, Charlie, this is the part of the podcast where we tell everyone thank you for listening. Remember to like, rate, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at the at the underscore process pod. Charlie, I'm in Nick Veronica. Charlie, tell them where you are. I am in Atlanta. No, your Twitter. <laughs> oh, my Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> My Twitter handle is at Chawit68, C-H-A-W-I-T-6-8. And guys, that's going to do it for us here. Stay safe from coronavirus. Might not be any sports for a while, but there's going to be a podcast. Just remember to always trust the process.